20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. It's Saturday and it's Pack a Day Podcast, your 24 7, 365 day a year Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Jake Turner for PackersTalk.com. Joining me, of course, 32 years in the business and still running from BobMcGinnFootball.com, Mark Eckel. And Mark, how's it going? It's great, Jake. How are you? I, I, I enjoyed the draft. I hope you did as well. I thought the draft was unexpected, exciting, and I'm looking forward to see what these new Packers can do to help out this team. So, Well said. It's going to be interesting. All right, so during this uh, Pack-A-Day podcast, and you can follow it at, at Pack-A-Day podcast on Twitter, you can find Mark Eckel at MarkEckel08 or myself at Jake Turner Sport. We're going to dive into all the draft picks. We got eight picks to go through. We're going to jump into the depth charts to see where they're going to fit. Are they going to start? Are they utility players? Or are they just ready in case of an injury? So we'll dive into that. Let's start off with, of course, our number one pick. And that was in round one of pick 12. That was Rashawn Gary out of the University of Michigan. And Mark, according to OurLads.com, they got Gary lined up behind Zadarius Smith. Well, I don't, yeah, I mean, dead charts this time of the year really don't mean a lot in terms okay. of, you know, because that, that's what that's what training camp's for. I think um, I, I, I think the Packers, and this is Mike Pettin, this is what's going to, Mike Pettin's going to love. He's got a bunch of guys that he can move around, and, and, and this is stuff that you and I have talked about leading up to the draft, even, what the kind of players they were looking for to, to give Mike, Mike Pettin the kind of guys that he likes. And Gary is one of those kind of guys. He'll he'll line up. I think I. I mean, again, I'm, we're we're all speculating right now. I think Zadarius Smith, uh, Preston Smith, Gary, Kyle Fackrell, the four of them are they're all going to see a lot of time. They're all going to be on, especially on on passing downs. Which in this NFL, passing downs are sixty percent of the downs now, right? I mean, teams throw the ball more than ever. So the four. I mean, that's four. You hope good pass rushers. Uh, along with Mike Daniels and, and Kenny Clark, and who else knows? I mean, they're going to the, 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 let's, let's let's say this: the Packers are going to get after the quarterback a lot more than they have in a long time. Um, and Gary will be out there. I think you'll see him at, most of the time standing up as a linebacker, rotating in with those other three guys that I mentioned. I think at times you'll see him put his hand on the ground. Um, it, it's whatever Patton wants to do. I think at times you'll see Gary Fackrell. And the two Smiths on the field all at once. And who knows where they're coming from. And that's just going to be the beauty of, of this Packer defense. I, I tried to stress this to Packer fans last year when they were comparing and, and complaining about this defense. This is not – it's still a 3-4 alignment, but it's nothing like the Pittsburgh Dom Capers 3-4 defense where your three linemen did, did this and the outside linebackers did that. The inside linebackers did what theirs. No, this is a different – this is more the – the uh, Rex Ryan three uh, four defense, which is which is totally different. Blitzes can come from anywhere and everywhere. A lot of inside rushes, so Gary will fit in just well. I, I, I spent a lot of words to say that Gary will fit in just just well with the Packer defense. I would have to agree with you because I mean, on draft night, you know, you, you get into that Packers Twitter, but then you start doing your homework. You're watching tape. You're looking at you know the likes of Ben Finnell and also Andy Herman, our founder, 
bringing up some very good points about Gary. And when you see all of the talent that is put into this deep, into this front seven, they are vers- they are all versatile football players. They can get yes. after the quarterback, and they are blitz ready. You have a guy who is 277 pounds and runs a 4.5 in his 40. That's insanity. And he's only Brilliant. 21 years old. So I think everybody, no. you know, should just take a break. Let's see where Rashawn Gary goes from here. And I think he's going to fit. I think he'll just fit in just fine, honestly. But I want everybody to understand this, though. He's not going to be a starter on day one. But he is going to be mixed in you know, during that Bears game. And play a lot. And who cares who starts? That's right. And in and, and this day and age, it's not a matter. So he doesn't. He's not there on first down. Oh, big deal. If he's, but he's still going to get thirty to forty to fifty percent of, of the snaps, and that's all that matters. And let me just add add this about the Packer defense. And you mentioned like the blitzing and all this. The the days of, and this this it worked fine back in twenty ten, and you know when they won a Super Bowl. But Clay right. Matthews would get fifteen or sixteen sacks, and, and then a bunch of guys would have six. Well, it's not going to be that way anymore. It's not going to be one. I'm hoping. Hey, listen, if one guy breaks out and has that kind of year, God bless him, and and that's great. But I think what you're going to see is six guys with between eight and ten sacks. Mm-hmm. And what's and, and does that bother you? Of course not. I mean, who? What do we care? As long as the Packers as a team get four sacks a game, or you know whatever. I don't care if one guy gets all four or four guys get one each. Matter of fact, I'd rather have the four guys getting one each because then it's so much harder for the offenses to figure out who's going to get them. If you know one guy's bringing all the pressure, then you, there's ways to combat. You know, you, you double and triple right. him and, let, and not worry about anybody else. Yeah, well, this Packer defense, you don't know who to double. You don't know where it's going to come from. So it, I think offenses are going to have a tougher time against Mike Pettin and, and this group of guys that, that he has now. Well, talking about the group of guys, we have to definitely talk about Darnell Savage because I thought that was a bullseye for the Packers. Like Gary, he's 21 years old, 4-3 in the 40-yard dash. But this guy is versatile, and I'm already looking forward to the training camp battle between uh, Josh Jones and Darnell Savage. And I would not be a bit surprised if Savage gets that starting job because he's 5'11", Mark, but he mixes it up so well. He's versatile. He can hit hard. I mean, he hits like an old school corner uh, safety should back in the day. We're talking about the days of like Jack Tatum here. I mean, I could not believe the way Darnell Savage was playing at Maryland. Well, he was named properly then, right? Savage? Yeah, there you go. The little Savage. The little cheesehead Savage. You said don't be surprised if he, if he wins the job. I'll be absolutely stunned if he doesn't. I mean, he's going to pencil, don't pencil him in. Put it in ink. He will be starting opposite Adrian Amos at safety. Next. Love that. The Packers will have two new starting safeties. Jones is a backup special teams player from from here on out. Oh, um, agree. Now, now this guy, the Packers traded up to get him for a reason. They they loved him. They did, they knew he he wouldn't be there if they waited till thirty. And and in their minds, and I know a lot of fans were like, "Oh no, we should have stayed and we could have got Thornhill or we could have gotten blah, blah, we blah. Got somebody else." Well, guess what? And those guys might turn out to be good. I don't. I'm not going to judge any of those guys. But in the Packers' minds, in the Packers' scouting department, from the general manager down to the regional scouts, they didn't think so. They thought Savage was a clear cut above Adderley and and Thornhill and anybody else that you want to mention. Rapp. And guess what? So did the rest of the rest of the NFL because Savage went 21 overall 
And those guys didn't go until the 50s or in the, even into the 60s, right? So it was obvious that the edit, despite what, quote-unquote, the expert mock drafts had and all the <laughs> people that really don't know, they just guess, the real people, the general managers in this league, thought Darnell Savage was the best safety in the draft, and the Packers got him, and they filled a major, major, major need on this team. I think that, was a, that pick's going to go down. Let's be honest. The Packers really... Since Nick Collins, who was on his way to a wonderful career, probably, you know, right. potential, God knows what is what the ceiling would have been, but he got hurt and never played again. They really haven't filled that free safety spot with anyone. They tried it with Ha Ha Clinton Dix, had a good, had a couple decent years, and then just kind of, I don't know what happened to him, but he kind of just became a mediocre player. Uh, now he's bouncing around team to team, uh, but they really, they really haven't had it. Again, I don't want to put too much pressure on on Savage, but I think I think he could be the guy. I think he's he might answer that 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 glaring uh, need on the Packer defense, um, and that and along with Amos. I mean, now the Packers safety was like the weakest part of the team last year, right? We used to joke about Kendall Bryce and all those guys there. You know, tr- give Tremont Williams all the all the credit in the world for for going back there and and salvaging it. Um, you know, the, the last half of the year, but he's not really a safety. He's a better in corner that that bailed the team out. Now they have two legitimate, you know, top-of-the-line safeties in, in Amos and Savage, so that'll make the whole defense better as well. And no, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you brought up safety as being one of the biggest problems last year, but I thought that the right guard position was a mess for the Packers, and that's why And that's why I was excited when they signed Billy Turner to that four-year, $28 million deal, but then they went and got some depth, some much needed depth on the offensive line, and that was Elton Jenkins on a Mississippi State. You watch this guy, Mark. He is just, he's a wall, pretty much. If, if you painted cement across him, you would mistake him for a wall at this point. Because <laughs> when you see him come out of that snap, it was crazy. He just stayed in his stance, and he just pushed them off. I mean, he was pushing all that off like they were nothing. It was like a, ten, it was pretty much like a 10-year-old trying to go against a 15-year-old at this point. Uh, in the yard at on recess, it was nuts. <laughs> that's a good. I like that one. Thank no, you. He's, that's <laughs> good that was, and there, there were two guys, and I would have been happy with either one of them. And again, I'll trust the, the Packers know what they like better and what their schemes are more. The kid Eric McCoy from Texas A&M. You could put those two guys, you know, Jenkins and McCoy, put them in a put them in a hat, pull their name out, and you're going to get a good player. The Packers felt Jenkins. They were they were both centers primarily in, in college. And I guess the Packers just felt that Jenkins um, will, would adapt more to guard right. than McCoy would have. And I think they, they might be right about that. But again, having Jenkins now gives them, God forbid, but if, if Corey Lindsay ever goes down, misses, has to miss, you know, even a couple snaps during the game for or whatever Lane reason. Or you know, maybe tweaks an ankle. Now they have a, a legitimate guy to put in at center. For a couple, you know, to, to at least get him through the game if Lindsey's out. But I, I think Lindsey's going to win. I mean, I know they have Turner. I know they have Lane Taylor. Uh, Cole Madison's back. Um, the Packers now have some depth. I mean, like you said, guard guard was a a major hole last year on the offensive line. Now Lane Taylor was probably the best guard last year, right? I mean, out of out of just out of he had somebody had to. Have but he was also banged up. Yeah, but I mean now he might be their third and fourth best guard. Couldn't agree that more. Like, 
right right there. Because if, if Cole Madison does become what the Packers want him to be and then Jenkins, you already got that depth ready. I mean, there, I understand, you know, offensive lineman depth. I mean, a lot of people keep forgetting about this, but it is probably one of the most important positions in football. You must have a strong offensive line. Otherwise, it doesn't matter if it's Aaron Rodgers out there or it could be, you know, the return of John Elway out there. You need an offensive line because, I mean, you can't have him keep scrambling because then what happens when he scrambles? The chances of getting hurt go up. But if you keep him in the pocket and then able to scramble a couple of times here and there instead of running for his life like Russell Wilson, then you might actually have something going forward with this team. So I thought Alkin Jenkins was a bullseye for the Packers. But I think this was the best. But the next one, this was my favorite pick of the draft. Jace, oh St- no, go ahead. On, 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 on Jenkins, you, you bring right, up protecting quick. Aaron Rodgers, which obviously – that's number one on the Packers' mind. You can't. Of Aaron Rodgers cannot yes. get hit as often as he did last year. Mm-hmm. But let's let's not forget the other Aaron, Aaron Jones. They're going to, the Packers are going to run the ball more than they have under 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 Coach Lafleur. They're going to run more than they did under Mike McCarthy. No, so, you're absolutely right. This is going to be more of so a, Jake, a balance of Jake run and pass and now. Madsen and 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 whoever's playing guard. The Packers need some good run blockers too, and Jenkins is going to give them that. Jenkins is, is a baller in the in, in the run game, and don't you know that's going to help Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams a lot too. Going to agree more, but we talk about uh, we talk about weaponry across the middle, and this guy is a tight. This guy's a wide receiver disguised as a tight end. Jay Sternberger out of Texas A and M. I watched this kid in the LSU game last year, and I sat there and went, man. I wonder if somebody would grab him sometime in the first couple of rounds. They grabbed him for round three, 75th pick, 6'4", 475. This story, Mark, to me, is amazing to me. The guy started off at the University of Kansas, then went to Northeastern A&M, a junior college, then played one year with Texas A&M and underneath the tutelage of Jimbo Fisher, met Kellen Mond even better as a quarterback, and he's going to be scary. I can't wait to see this guy in action. I like this pick a lot, uh, a lot too, Jake. I, um, it's funny. He's the guy. I, I actually cheer when, when, and I never. I just, you know, I watch your draft. I was working for Bob. <laughs> I was also working for my old, my old balls at NJ.com during the draft. So I was kind of busy those those two nights. But when. When they announced Packers select Jay Sternberg, I, I actually went, yes, <laughs> I, I wanted him. I'm actually friends with his agent, so he and I had talked a few times prior to the, to the draft, and I had mentioned, I, uh, you know, are the Packers interested in him? I think he, he'd be a good fit, and his agent told me, there, he said, we have, there's about four or five teams that are very interested, and yes, they're, they're one of them, and I, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, play with Aaron Rodgers as, as his quarterback, and he got his wish oh. come, come true in the, in the early third round there. Um, I think, and I've said this, and people will tell me I'm crazy, but I don't know. Hawkinson was the best tight end in the draft. No, no, no doubts, no arguments. Oh, yeah, he's going to great in Detroit. Which is, mm-hmm. which is very, very high for a tight end. And even if the Packers wanted him, they couldn't get him because he was, he was off the board already. But um, he'll, he'll be the best. I mean, he's the best. I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm going to tell all the Packer fans listening to us right now, the Packers got the second best tight end in the draft. Yeah, like he's better that. than Noah Font. He's better than Irv Smith. He's better than any I don't know whoever else was being talked about. This guy will, when it's all said and done, 
Toby Sackett to Hawkinson. No, I couldn't agree more. I, and I do no, give a lot of credit. I mean, well, it's a creation. Well, Mark, the thing is what right now, what the Lions are trying to do is they're trying to create New England East. Pretty, uh, excuse right. me, New England West right now. And I understand that. DJ Hawkinson, that's going to be a bullseye for them. I'm really excited to see what they, what he'll do in Detroit. But, man, when I saw Sternberger fall into our lap, 22 years old, 475, and you watch him in the middle of the field, he never stops running. When he's at the middle of the field, he grabs that football, and then he just turns on the afterburners and see you later, amigo, and he runs into the end zone. There was just a lot of great plays across the middle. I was almost hoping the Packers took him in the second round. I wouldn't have minded that, but they, they worked out. They knew the, they knew the boards better than better than, than I do or you know we do, and um, they gambled and they they won that they, they were able to get him in the third round. That's a great third round pick. Well, as we continue down our board here, uh, this is the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Jake Turner of PackersTalk.com. Joining me is Mark Eckel of BobMcGinnFootball.com. Thirty two years in the business. We're diving into the depth chart of the Packers for our draft class for 2019. Uh, fifth round pick, 150th, Kingsley Kike out of Texas A&M. Watched a bunch of his game film earlier today. Fell in love with him. But I remember there was one game against Arkansas, and it was in Dallas at this point. And all I saw nothing was Kike just demolishing this Arkansas team. This also shows, Mark, that the Packers are going after defensive line. I mean, you talked about, you know, hey, we got Tyler Lancaster next year on the depth chart. No, nah, no. Nah. Kingsley Kike is going to really fit in nicely. You're going to see him mixed in a lot. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it affects Tyler Lancaster. Lancaster's going to... I think it makes it even no. tougher, though. I, I think it just makes the matchups in training oh, yeah. camp even oh, stronger. Yeah. It's, again, it's, it's, it's more depth. We were talking about that. And uh, I think the guy... In, I, let me first say they got Kiki in the in the fifth round. <laughs> uh, most scouts that I read and that, that, that Bob McGinn quoted in, in his stories and most things I heard, most people had him as a late third, fourth rounder. Unbelievable! So they got good value there, and because and because this draft was so so rich and so deep on the defensive line, a guy like Kiki any other year would have probably been a third round pick. But because there were so many so many because excellent defensive lineman in this draft, a guy like him falls a little bit. And fortunately for the, for the Packers, he fell right to the end of the fifth round. Uh, yeah, I think he provides – he's not going to start. I mean, it's, it's going to be no, Daniels, not going to. Mark, and, and, and Lowry. Uh, Lancaster will be your backup nose, you know, on early downs. This guy is going to be battling and probably taking a lot of snaps away from both Montrevious Adams and uh, for, for Dole Brown. Um I mean, he's gonna. He'll he'll probably be, like you said, he'll be in the rotation. He'll he'll get his. He'll probably be out much more on passing down than run downs because that's his strength right right now. Another guy that can get to the quarterback. This this Packer offseason, this Packer draft is everything. Everything about this Packer offseason was we got to get to the quarterback. We got to get more pressure on the quarterback. These signs of Darius Smith and Preston Smith and free agency. They they draft. Rashawn Gary and then Kingsley Kiki get to the quarterback. Get to the quarterback. Get to that's and that's how you win any NFL today. You got to get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, we're going down this line and we're going to be talking nothing but death. But there is in the next three picks one that I feel like is going to be 
Very interesting to watch, especially in training camp. But let's go down the line here. Sixth round, 185th pick of the NFL Draft. 5'11", 196, out of Toledo, Kadar Holman. Saw some of his game film against Ball State. Liked what I saw. But Mark, we go back to this again. One of the biggest problems underneath Ted Thompson in the last couple of years was the lack of depth at secondary. Kadar Holman just beefed up in the nickel and dime. The guy can really run. I mean, that's yes, he, can. He, he ran a four three four, I think four three five, four three six. And that's another thing that if, if you look at this at this Packer draft, it left, actually the last two Packer drafts under under Brian Gutton because it's it's about speed too. They wanted it's, there. There obviously was a a clear intention to improve the team's speed. Every one of these guys the Packers drafted um, can can run. Uh, Gary, like you said, runs. He's a, a you know, a big man that runs like a wide receiver. Um, you know, this guy runs for like, just like um, Savage runs, you know, under sub four fours. That's, that's fast. Uh, very raw. Uh, you know, he's, he's a great story too. He was, he's from New, New Jersey, not far from where, where I'm from. And uh, he actually had no scholarship offers, was, was working at Dunkin' Donuts. Didn't think he was going to go to school. Wound up going to a, a I think he did. He go to JUCO first, uh, and then yes, he wound he up at, at Toledo well, as a walk-on. Uh, earned a scholarship, um, became a playmaker. I think he believe he had ten interceptions in his career there. Um, and at worst, I think he's going to be an excellent gunner on, on special teams, which the Packers, not just Packers, but really those, those gunners. He, you know, like if you remember, the, the Packers had Jeff Jadis a couple of years ago. That was just a great gunner. Um, his time ran, ran out, but you know, at worst, I think that you'll you'll see him as as a rookie. Because let's be honest, he's he's going to be he's going to be behind on the depth chart. He's going to be behind Alexander and King and Jackson and Williams, at least maybe Tony Brown as well. So he's going to have to make some time up at the cornerback spot. But I think he'll be a a welcome addition to a brand new look on the. But let's be honest, Packers special teams needed all the help they could get, and this guy's going to be a, be a big help there. I think this guy is going to be a big help, too. And this is another matchup I want to watch in training camp. That's in the running back spot. Uh, out of Notre Dame, Dexter Williams. Now, I understand. I, I cannot stand it when I look at, when I hear the word undersized. I know. He's only uh, 5'11". But I'm going to give you a couple of objects slash vehicles that remind me of Dexter Williams. Cement mixer, semi-truck, battering ram. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. Dexter Williams is a batter is a human battering ram. And I watched him at Notre Dame and I was blown away here. And if I'm Jamal Williams right now, I am in the gym working myself silly here because this is gonna be a guy that's gonna help on third down. You think so? I do, because Jamal Williams' numbers have dropped. He went from three point six uh, three point eight down to three point six yards per carry. He had a couple of good games, but he's not consistent. Dexter Williams no, is a consistent I, I back. I think Jamal Williams is still going to be your third down back. Number one, okay. he's excellent in pass protection. He's a good receiver. I think where That's Dexter Williams fits in is I think he'll be Aaron Jones' backup. I think when Jones needs a break, and let's be honest, you can't overwork. At, the one thing Mike McCarthy had right last year okay. was you don't know the fans want to give Jones 30 carries a game. No. If Aaron Jones has shown us anything over his first couple of years, is durability is an issue with him. He's a, when he's healthy and he's, and he's and he's on his game. Listen, he's very good. 
but he's not the kind of guy that you want to overwork and get 30, 25, 30 carries because he's not going to make it through the season if you do that. He's just not. So keep his carries to 15 to 17, whatever. Give Dexter Williams those other carries and just use Jamal as your third down pass pro dump off out of the backfield guy. My only concern with Dexter Williams, and maybe I'm just being a little old-fashioned here, he has some off-the-field issues that I'm not crazy about. Yeah, I understand for that. Four games, tested positive for for, so for some drugs. I don't know what it was, just just weed or if it was other stuff. But he's got to clean that up. And it's all. I mean, the Packers can't afford to have guys getting suspended. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't help you if, if he's on a suspension list. So he's got. Hopefully he's dead. Hopefully he's he's matured. Um, and, and and it'll be a good you know off the field as well as because on the field, yeah, he's a good. I think he's a, he'll be a very good back. In a, in a, in, in Jamal Williams, but I am a little, just a little concerned about the off the field stuff. I understand the off the field issues, and I was listening to a uh, interview on NFL Radio with Zay Farkasi, and they were talking to him about those issues. Uh, the that one thing is, concerned. is that his mother's health is not the strongest. She's just not, you know. I mean, she's just trying to be the best mom that she can be right now with her health issues. And that was one of the reasons why Dexter was acting out the way he was. I feel like he, he cleaned up his act. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but man, if this guy gets on the field, he's matured. Right, right. No, I mean, it's like you, you know, I do my research, you do yours. Listen, we've all did things when we were younger that we probably wish we hadn't done. Oh yeah. So, but he still is young. So I'm just hoping now, you know, He's in the NFL. Um, let's make it. Let's get rid. Of, you know. Let's let's. And like I said, if he is the guy, if the off-the-field stuff goes away, and he's just the player he was at Notre Dame, Packers got to steal in the sixth round because he's a he's a third, fourth round. If he didn't had any off-the-field stuff, he would never have been there in the sixth round. And finally, well, yeah, you're right. And finally, here on the Pack-A-Day podcast, so as we continue to go down the depth chart here, I'm Jake Turner alongside Mark Eckel. The final pick, uh, round seven, 226 out of TCU, 6'1", linebacker Ty Summers. And Gary Patterson gushes about this kid. What I look at right now is a special teams weapon. This is, a, this is something that has been a problem underneath Ron Zook. This is why we threw him out the door finally. We need guys that can hit. And Ty Summers, I feel like, is going to fit in nicely in the special teams. Yep, I agree. And again, like, like I said earlier about uh, Holman, the, 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 the corner, who's going to be a gunner on special teams. I think this guy will be a core, at, at first, will be a core special team. So he's going to be a guy that can run for a linebacker. He's going to come four or five. Um, he'll be a factor there. And don't count him out. Maybe not as a rookie. Probably not as a rookie. Like you said, it'll probably just be a special In the teacher. future. In the future. But I could see him as soon as next year. As soon as 2020, vying for some time as an inside linebacker. The Packers are very thin an inside linebacker. Um, this, guy's, this guy can run. He can. I think he'll be a good cover. I, I, it'll, his future is... is let, let me take a pause. Yeah, his take a breath. Take a breath. will be, like you say, excellent special teams player you know, deep back up. But I think eventually, and that eventually could be as soon as 2020, I think he'll be like a nickel linebacker for you. He won't be out there all the time. But on passing downs, you'll see him out there covering the tight end, covering the back out of the backfield. You can run and cover. That's his strength. 
Mark, I like it. And, you know, this is one thing I really liked about this year's draft. You know, we were always known underneath Ted Thompson, you know, we would average about 12 to 15 picks and maybe three would work out for us. The Packers only had eight draft picks in this whole draft. And I feel like they really went for substance over style in this one. They didn't, you know, put all kinds of picks up all together and everything. They looked at guys and went, okay, we could fit him here. Here, here, and here. Guys, we need depth. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to draft guys for depth, but we're not going to go high and mighty and you know grab draft pick after draft pick after draft pick. We're going to get the guy that we want, and then we're going to get out. I think Brian Gutekus and Russ Ball did a great job. They were aggressive at the right times, and they really made good moves in this one. I'm pretty impressed with the way Gutekus and Russ Ball have done so far. Don't, don't count out Hendricks, the guy that they hired from the Ravens. To oh, yes. Yes. He learned from the best. He learned from one of the best in Ozzie Newsom, and I think he brought a lot of that, that Baltimore draft style with, you know, helping Brian out a little bit there as well. Uh, but right. I, you know, right. I think, I think this, this draft was, we'll see. You really can't tell for a couple of years, but I like what they did. Just, just yes. Like yes. Uh, they got eight picks. I think all eight are going to make the team, which is going to, which was a good start right, right there. Um, and like I said, speed was speed was a big big thing, and they went for guys that they got good value. That's really exactly did. what I thought. Uh, yes, like even Sumner's in the seventh round. I talked to guys that had like a fifth round rate rate on 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 him. You know, Dexter Williams. Like we said, take the off again. It's hard to ignore the elephant in the, in the room, but I hear you. If he didn't have those suspensions and the, and the, and the positive drug test, he's not there in the sixth round. He's going probably early fourth if not late third. Um so you know that's you know the um the only one that wasn't rated where they got him was the corner from to 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 Toledo Holman and, and and he was a late riser because of when he ran the four three at the at the at his workout and stuff. So that kinda got opened everybody's eyes. But everybody else they got later than they probably should have. Including Gary who most people had as a top ten pick. And the season of change continues in Green Bay. I can't wait for minicamp coming up in June. And then we got training camp in July, preseason in August. And I could not think of anybody better to do it with than Mark Echo. Mark, as always, great stuff with you. And I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, take care, buddy. All right, that was Mark Echo at BobMcGinnFootball.com. If you have not subscribed to it, I highly recommend that you do. Bob McGinn is one of the best writers and when it comes to Packer football, this is the guy that you need to, to read about and even be inspired by. And then Mark Echo has been part of this for 32 years. He covered the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's just been a, a big part of building my career as well. So I really do mean a lot. But like I said, I love what the Packers really did. It was a substance over style. They went for less picks, more value. And I feel like, just like as Mark said, all eight are going to make the team. And it's going to be interesting. But Packer fans, like I said, last year was going to be interesting. This year, this is going to be change-worthy. This actually feels like a new day in Green Bay. I don't know how else to say it. If you put me on freezing cold takes, I take that as a compliment. All right, that's it for uh, Pack-A-Day Podcast. I do have one more thing I'd like to uh, bring out here. Uh, I wanted to say this till the end of the show. Uh, I go to the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting at Full Sail University. I've met Dan Patrick four times. Um, about to actually have him on my podcast here in the next couple weeks. Dan Patrick is going through some health issues right now. 
Uh, he announced it yes- yesterday on his show. It's nine minutes. If you haven't seen it, uh, take a look. I'm not going to get too much into it, but I'm just going to say my prayers are with uh, Dan Patrick on this. He's going through a lot right now. And if you do get a chance, uh, tweet him at, at DP Show. If you're a fan of the Dan Patrick Show, please uh, put that out there as well. Um, but uh, he's been going through a lot right now. And I'll tell you this. He has hid this secret beautifully. So I give a lot of credit, and that makes me even happier to be part of the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. So if you're a fan of him, go to at DP Show, and uh, please just uh, make sure you send him some prayers. Uh, he's been going through a lot over the last uh, seven years here. So, All right, that's it for our Pack-A-Day podcast. You can tweet us at at Pack-A-Day podcast. Tweet Mark Eckel at MarkEckle08, or yours truly at Jake Turner Sport. Until next time, this has been the Pack-A-Day Podcast, and the three greatest words in the dictionary of the Green Bay Packers is Go Pack Go. We'll see you next time on the Pack-A-Day Podcast.